Here this weekend uh, at all of our campuses, we give away to our visitors those little tumblers. They're really nice. Uh, in fact, uh, the first couple of weeks that we did it, uh, our regular attenders bum rushed the table and stole them from all of our visitors. So we had to buy uh, new ones. So when we stand up and announce that uh, a portion of that, when we buy them, a portion of that goes towards clean water, I want to make it clear to the visitors: you don't buy it. We we bought it. And a portion of what we've bought goes there. And you can just look on the bottom of it and check and see where in the world it's going for clean water projects. But I just want to make sure that you understand as a visitor, um, man, that's free to you. And if you're a regular attender, it's $500. So make sure and uh, stop out there. You can. <laughs> um, I mentioned a few weeks ago, um, uh, just a little a, a side note about something that's going on in my backyard, and uh, I'm an animal lover, um, uh, all but cats, and uh, really, um, <laughs> cats are great. It's just hard to eat one all by yourself. So, um, oh, come on, come on, that's a joke. <laughs> See? And the, yeah, you know, and I will get email on that uh, too. And... <laughs> Since it's Pastor DJ's birthday today, I think it would be only appropriate that the emails came to you for that <laughs> issue right there. So, uh, yeah, happy birthday, Pastor DJ, and uh, those at Lakewood, make sure and celebrate your awesome uh, pastors this weekend. Uh, just mentioned that uh, I'm an animal lover in my backyard, a lot of trees, and they've really uh, gotten mature, and I just, I just enjoy that, I enjoy nature, but um, this really neat thing happened is that a hummingbird built a nest. I don't know if you've ever seen one, because they're very hard to spot, they're very small, they blend right in perfectly, um, you know, they're very fast, if you have a hummingbird feeder, you'll see them at a feeder, but in a nest, they're really, they're really funny about that, and once they lay an egg, um, the, the mom uh, even if you, you know, if you get, they'll just they'll fly off, and so it's hard to, to kind of see it. So I spotted it, and started watching it. And from, we've got a two-story house, and from um, the the second story, I actually got binoculars. I'm I'm worried that my neighbors think what a creeper that guy. <laughs> and if you're my neighbor, I'm not looking at you. I promise. But I can, I can see that, and I've just I've just watched. And when she's not there. I've got up a couple times and looked in there, and it's just a tiny, the tiniest little egg you can possibly imagine. Uh, and finally, the egg hatched, and here's my question for you. Uh, what do you think she had? What? What do you think she had? It's not a trick question. A hummingbird. It's logical. If I'd have said a cat or a dog... Um, a fish, a robin, you would have said it's impossible. Hummingbirds don't make anything else except hummingbirds. Agreed? Yes. Okay, so we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. 
and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, mercy, uh, gentleness, and self-control. There are nine of them. The Bible says that when a person comes into a relationship with God, he puts a new spirit inside of them, and the reproduction of that spirit are those nine things. And so many people struggle with, how do I see those things happen in my life? Man, I want that so bad, and they try so hard to get those things in their life. You know, and the funniest thing is that hummingbird didn't try to have another hummingbird. She just had a hummingbird. It's just what she reproduced. And when it comes to the idea of these things in our life, man, people so much want to be patient. And they so much want self-control. And they so much want peace, and they try so hard. And it's almost the exact opposite of, um, not almost, it's the exact opposite of the way that God designed it. The reproduction factor of the Holy Spirit working in your life is this just is what happens when you cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And that you don't have to set yourself to be more patient. You don't have to set yourself to try to find more peace. You don't have to, uh, try, to try to get out there and, and create joy. If you just cooperate with what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life, that's the reproduction that happens in all of us. And so many people, men, are so confused by that. Like, well, if that's true, then how come it's not happening? And pastor, you know, maybe what does that mean? And so that's where I kind of want to take you. So we're right in the middle of this series. And um, mine tonight is on faithfulness. But I really want to talk to you about how the Holy Spirit just simply works in our life. So that faithfulness is just the byproduct of you just loving God, man. Faithfulness will come from it. You don't have to go home and try to be faithful. You don't have to go home and try to figure out uh, how you're going to hold on. If you just simply will love God and listen to the Holy Spirit, it's the byproduct of it happening in your life. So I want to give you three things. I want to talk about the battle, the problem, and the answer. Galatians chapter 5 has to do with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 18 simply reads this way. The Apostle Paul is talking to a group of believers just like you. They just lived at another time. They're people who love God with everything in them. They want to follow God. They want the promises of God. They want those nine things in their life too, man. They want love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, mercy, gentleness. They want self-control. And so Paul begins to write to them about, (laughs) about a battle. And so he says to them, I say... Let the, what's the next two words? So one more time, let the guide your lives. By doing so, you won't be doing what your sinful nature wants to do. And then he begins to define the sinful nature. So we define the new nature, the fruit of the Spirit. And Paul just simply does a contrast here. He says, here's what a person who's not listening to the Holy Spirit reproduces in their life. Can I say it one more time? Here's what a person not listening to the Holy Spirit reproduces in their life. And then he says, here's what a person who's listening to the Holy Spirit reproduces in their life. So he just makes a contrast. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The easier way to say that is just simply, uh, if you're listening to the Holy Spirit, these things will happen. If you're not listening to the Holy Spirit, these things are going to happen. And here's the things that will happen when you don't listen to the Holy Spirit. The sinful nature wants to do, what's the word? Evil, (laughs) which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. Let me ask a question. 
You ever found yourself, man, like deeply in love with God? Like, man, you, uh, you interrupted your weekend to come to church because you love God so much you want to hear from him. But have you ever been in that position, you love him so much, but you find this war going on, you like the very things of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, as much as you want them, you find other things going on in your life. Anybody in here ever struggle with that? Eight of us, awesome. One of those things that can go on is lying, and you didn't raise your hand just now. <laughs> Fairly certain I caught you in a deal. <laughs> So it's just the opposite of what the spirit wants. Our flesh wants the opposite of what the spirit, our old man, wants the opposite of what the new man wants. The spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. Let me just say this to you. How much is constantly? So it never ends, right? So even if you love God for 40 years, you still have this battle going on in your life. And even if you're doing really good at it at one point, the next day you could wake up and find, uh uh-oh, a war broke out. And all the things I want to do, I'm not doing. And the things I don't want to do, I am doing. And Paul actually talked about that too. So he just simply contrasts. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. In other words, it's not easy to do the things you want to do. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. In other words, you don't have to do those things. It really can go the opposite way. So the battle simply is just, here's the first one, we all have flesh. For some of us, it's stronger. For some of us, it's weaker. For some of us right now, our flesh is losing. And for some of us right now, our flesh is winning. All of us, though, battle the flesh. All of us have flesh, and the funny thing about the flesh is that different things incite the flesh in us. Like the thing that really works in me may not work in your life, but the thing that works in your life may not work in my life. So if I stand up here and say, I'm really struggling with this, some of you will go, well, dummy, why? It's just simply maybe that's not yours, but we all struggle with flesh The Bible says it's actually a battle, and it just lists these types of things. These aren't all the things of the flesh, but man, when your flesh, when the battle's going on, some of the things you can struggle with is lust. Listen how quiet it gets when I say that. God, people that love God so much can struggle with that issue like you can't believe. Pastors that I know who've given their life to God and have a call of God on their life and can teach exceptionally well, tell me they're not proverbial in our society of people who have struggled with their flesh when it comes to lust. It's so easy to judge them and just say, God, what's wrong with them? They're human, and they're having a terrible battle, and they're not winning in that area sometimes. It's not to justify it. It's not to say that a person in leadership gives into it, but it is to say that yes or no, we battle those things sometimes. Flesh, man, does ugly things. Uh, Hostility. I know not this service, uh, probably not really JFC as a whole, but there are some people who go to church who have hostility in their heart. (laughs) 
Some of you are being hostile right now. As I <laughs> Anger, division, jealousy, envy, evil. Those aren't a complete exhaustive list of what the flesh does. It just simply says that there's a battle that goes on between us. And the battle's between flesh. And then the second one simply is the spirit. The Bible lists when the spirit... When the Holy Spirit's leading us, when the Holy Spirit, when we're listening to the Holy Spirit, when we're, when we're prompted by the Holy Spirit to do certain things and we say yes to God, the automatic outcome is these things happen in our lives. That makes sense. And here then really is the battle that goes on is so many times the Holy Spirit is prompting us and sometimes we just don't hear it. Sometimes we just don't know if it's us or the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we just don't listen to it. And therein lies the battle, man, between flesh and spirit. Let me throw it to you this way. This might be the most important thing to say. So many people who love God, they've given their lives to God. Uh, Let me describe this. I grew up a Catholic kid. Did my... uh, my catechism classes so that I could get my first communion. I was confirmed. And they taught me great knowledge about God, but I never knew God. So that when I describe to you a person who loves God, who's given themselves to God, here's what I'm saying. You don't just have a knowledge about God, you have a relationship with God. So a person that has a relationship This battle breaks out in their life as soon as they have a relationship with God. Before that, it's just flesh. But after the word born again, the word given my life to Christ, the word relationship, all of it means the same thing. When you're in that place with God, this battle breaks out. And here's what I would just want to say that maybe would help you. The battle is actually proof that you're born again. And not that you don't know God. And tell me that's not where the devil is so successful with us is that we go like, man, I love God, but all these things are going on in my life. Maybe I don't even know him. That's the enemy telling you that. Here's what Paul is saying. If these things are going on in your life, it's the proof that a battle's going on. That you have a new man who now fights with an old man. And how long does that fight go on? Till you're in heaven. Till you get there. So... There's a battle. Let me give you the second one just simply. There's a problem. Galatians chapter 5, verse 21. Halfway through the verse, Paul just defines the problem this way. Let me tell you again, as I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And that sort of life is what we just read. Um, Anger, dissension, lust, All the different things. So here Paul, he's saying, look, if you're really born again, this battle breaks out in your life between flesh and spirit. And the person who's living for the flesh is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And so many people read that and what they think it's saying is, if I battle and I have these things going on, I'm not going to heaven. And that's not what he's teaching here. And this could be really good news for you because some of you are so convinced that you're not going to make it. Because of how you battle. So let me try to help teach you something about what he's saying here so that you can put it in the right perspective so that you can quit worrying about whether or not you're going to make it. By the way, 
It's not your job to get yourself to heaven. That's Jesus' job. Your job? Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. So the problem just simply is Galatians 5.21, that the people who practice the flesh, lust, hostility, anger, division, jealousy, envy, evil, and again, it's not exhaustive, there's so many things. People who practice that are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Let me talk about your missing inheritance for just a second. Now, I've used this before. I saw a commercial for it two days ago here in Colorado. There are people in our state who have checking accounts, savings accounts, insurance policies, all sorts of inheritance that they're unaware of. And there's actually a website in our state you can go to and punch your name in to see if you got anything coming to you. How many of you are aware of that right there? How many of you have ever done it? How many of you are in the same place you were before you? Yeah, me, me too. I, yeah. There was no hidden inheritance there. But here Paul says, those who practice those things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So let me talk about the kingdom of God real quick, because the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are two different things. The kingdom of God is here and now. Jesus came pronouncing the kingdom of God is upon you. He didn't say heaven's upon you. He said the kingdom of God is upon you. But he talked about the kingdom of heaven being something completely different. The kingdom of heaven is heaven. The kingdom of God is here and now. Paul defines the kingdom of God this way. Look at this real quick. This is Romans chapter 14, verse 17. The kingdom of God, let's read this together. The kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but living a life of goodness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit is part of those things right there. So here's what Paul is teaching. If you don't listen to the Holy Spirit and you let your flesh win, you're not going to inherit what God wants you to inherit on this earth. It doesn't have anything to do with heaven. Here's what it means. People who love God, who are sitting this weekend in all of our campuses, who are doing all they can to serve God, they're wondering why my life is so messed up and why, if God promised these things and I'm going to heaven, why does my life feel like such hell right now? Is it possible to love God but feel like you're living in hell on earth? That's what he's talking about. He's not saying if these things go on in your life, you're going to hell. He's not saying if these things are going on in your life, it's the proof you're not going to make it. And so many people interpret it that way, and then the devil just beats them. See, it's true. You're not going to make it. That's not what he's teaching. Here's what he's teaching. If you listen to the flesh, it reproduces inside of you the works of the flesh, anger. Let me ask you this. Uh, how hellish is anger when you can't control it? If you're a person who struggles with that, can't control that, and it gets the best of you. I grew up a kid with a stepfather who couldn't control his anger. And because he felt so bad about that, he would drink. And how many of you know that doesn't soothe the anger inside of a person? It brings it out even worse. <laughs> And his anger, man, when it would take over, <laughs> he, he would beat my mother. I mean, not push her, not, not pin her against the wall. I mean, 230-pound man beating a 115-pound woman. 
And, and as a little boy, I remember trying to jump up in the middle of that <laughs> and taking some of the best of that right there. The anger that it produced in our living situation. Imagine how unhappy people are in a situation where anger dominates everything. Is it like hell on earth, yes or no? Um, lust. Gosh, we sit here and if you don't struggle with that, you think to yourself, oh, come on. First Amendment protects that pastor. What's wrong? You're so old-fashioned. <laughs> the lives that pornography has destroyed. We think harmless and what's the big deal? And some people can look at it and go on, but many get trapped in something that ruins their marriage, hardens their heart, and takes over their life. The outcome. Uh, anybody as a kid ever the product of divorce? Just raise your hand if you ever went through it as a kid. Heaven or hell? Now you're awful quiet right now. Am I doing okay? Am I, I'm not trying to step on toes. I, I just, I'm just trying to point out to you that Paul's not teaching a person who struggles with these issues is going to hell. What, what he's teaching is if your flesh takes over your life, you're in hell while you're alive. And then the prayer is, and I know it, because I've done this now for so long. Oh, God, God, bring peace. I want peace, bring peace. And so many people think of the fruit of the Spirit this way, like God has a wand, and during a service, he just goes along and he touches your head, and now you have peace. I have peace. I have joy. And that's not the way that it works. When you listen to the Holy Spirit, there's a reproductive factor in your life that takes over. God's Spirit reproduces God's Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, mercy, gentleness, self-control. The flesh reproduces the flesh, anger, lust, jealousy, separation, envy. And so many people, man, struggle with this for so long. And then, just like that little bird... <laughs> who didn't have to do anything except sit on that nest. Well, I guess they had to do something before the nest, but <laughs> then just sit on the nest. It's going to reproduce what it's going to reproduce. And so many of us are just like, oh, God, I want this so bad. And we don't get, we're trying so hard. And God doesn't want you to try. Look at me. God doesn't want you to try. Say that with me. God doesn't want you to try. He wants you to listen. He just wants you to listen. So many people think the kingdom of God is heaven. It's not. The kingdom of God is here and now. The kingdom of God is righteousness. It's peace and it's joy in the Holy Spirit that you can live in right now. And when you are listening to God, that's the reproduction. And you say to yourself, how come it's not? If it's, are you listening to God? Being led by the Holy Spirit. Are you walking with the Holy Spirit? 
Let me give you the answer. Galatians chapter 5. Again, all of this comes from this place. Verse 16. So I'm actually going to reread the answer that we all said together when I very first started, and I don't know if you caught it because it's so easy to say the words and not get it. So Paul just simply says, so I say, read these words with me. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. It's rhetorical, so I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to expose you. (laughs) Can you identify times where the Holy Spirit is nudging you, speaking to you, leading to you, and you listened and did it. Can you? Because if you can, I bet you can identify then the fruit coming out of that of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. And here's the problem, man. So many people all day long, the Holy Spirit's trying to lead us. He's trying to speak to us. He's trying to, to nudge us. And we struggle with, is that really God? Or, I just don't want to do it. Or, we haven't trained ourselves to know his voice. Let me give you a couple great examples. Um, last weekend, I'm going to do this again. This is the last service. And so when I do this, um, people at the campuses, you're not going to be able to see me, okay? You'll hear my voice, just like the Father in heaven. That's what it'll feel like. But <laughs> you won't see me well. So I'm in the last service last weekend, and I'm talking about patience. What a weird thing for this to happen. And while I'm talking, the Holy Spirit tells me there's a person sitting on this side, shows me the area, and then says you need to stop and go over there and tell them I'm talking to them right now. And that's kind of weird. So I stopped, and now here's the deal. You know, we have campuses, and we do production, and we live stream it. So you don't know this, but from this point to this point, I'm allowed to go to. (laughs) And what some of you, you have no idea, that I, if it were left up to me, I would be right down there walking up and down aisles. Some of you have been long enough here to know that's how I like to teach. I'd, scare, I'd walk right up and look in your eyes while I'm teaching. I love to do that. But they've disciplined me after <laughs> these years. But I feel the Holy Spirit tell me that he nudged me, and so I went all the way over here. And I stood on this, and I know I'm outside of the realm of what? How's it look for production value? I don't know who it is exactly, but I know it's right in here. And so I just say, here's what the Holy Spirit wants you to know, what the Holy Spirit's trying to say to you, and what the Holy Spirit wants you to leave here today. I don't know. Nobody jumps up and goes, thanks, Pastor. Most people are like, please go back to the middle and leave me alone. (laughs) And so I get done, and I walk back over, and I finish up my weekend, And then I get the email. And it was a person contemplating that day taking their life who said, I decided not to. 
I decided not to. The kingdom of God is love and joy. (laughs) Suicide for families is hell on earth, yes or no? Oh my gosh, some of the worst deals I've ever dealt with are families that have to pick up the pieces after. Because the flesh won a battle. But when you listen and the Holy Spirit knows exactly what he's doing. Here's what we want. We want the Holy Spirit to nudge us and then we want to know instantly, oh good, that was God. Can I just tell you the truth? A lot of the nudging of the Holy Spirit, you may not get rewarded until you stand before God and he goes, I want to show you something. (laughs) See this guy right here? He wouldn't be here if you didn't go and do this. I was in Safeway this week. The lady that brings the magazines in and out of the store, I never contemplated this before. I don't know how they get in there. The magazine fairy brings them overnight. I don't, who knows? <laughs> I had to go in and get a prescription. So I'm waiting for my prescription. So I walk over to the magazines. And as I walk over there, there's a lady taking out the old and putting in the new. She's around my age. And so I just said hi to her, and she said hi back. And we start this conversation. (laughs) And I feel the Lord tell me, pray for her. I don't want to pray for her. (laughs) What if she's like, you're a creeper. Why do you want to, what do you mean you want to pray for me? So I get done talking to her and I just said, hey, I think I'm supposed to pray for you. I'm a pastor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wouldn't it be okay? I'm an official prayer. It's, o- it's okay. <laughs> and she said, sure. And I mean, right now, I'll, I start praying for her. And she's just weeping. We didn't get done. And, you know, I mean, angels didn't descend in Safeway. A dove didn't fly over. But a heart was just full of joy. Actually, two of them. And I go home and Chris goes, what took you so long? (laughs) Took you so long. (laughs) Well, this magazine woman. (laughs) I guess the reason I use me is it's just, it's the best examples that I can My buddy, who's a missionary, Larry Good, in Peru, sends me this uh, email last night. And he said, uh, he said, I know you're going through a kind of a difficult time. But he just said, you know, there's this guy I know that um, about 10 years ago didn't want to get on an airplane and didn't want to go to South America. But he listened to God. And he said, 10 years later, hundreds And now thousands of orphans have been ministered to. He said, that's you. He said, I owe you everything. No, no, it's hyperbole. I know it's an overstatement. But how many stories, how many times do we want those things to be said of us that we... Guys, 
this isn't a pastor deal. This isn't a personality deal. This isn't a, um, a title. This is what it's like to live in the kingdom of God when we listen to the Holy Spirit and we walk into situations because he nudges. Now, let me give you the other side of it. How many times I've walked by where I knew the Holy Spirit nudged me and I just simply was too embarrassed to do it. You ever done that one? I was afraid to do it. The times he told me to minister to somebody or to stand up for something or I didn't do it. And you know what it produced in my life? This great sense of, oh man, I grieved the Holy Ghost, which feels like death. And God is merciful. And God is forgiving. And God is never rejecting. But the way I get to live is based on my ability to listen to the Holy Spirit, yes or no. Do you agree with the message? If you love God, it really is. All right, so here's the answer. Let me just give you these three things. If you've got a pen, they're the most important three things of everything we wrote down. Here's the most important three things. Here's the first one. The answer to the battle, to the life of God, to the fruit of the Holy Spirit, here's the answer. First and foremost, you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled. Filled. How do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? When you give your heart to the Lord, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. But here's the problem. Like every vessel in the world, dude, we leak. So you can get filled up. But the next day, because you live in this world, you got to get filled up again. And most of us just think, ah. But every day, in order to hear from the Holy Spirit and to train yourself to pay attention to the nudge, you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day, ongoing, all the time, Filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's the second one. Once we're filled with the Holy Spirit, refilled with the Holy Spirit, we've got to live in the Holy Spirit. That's our job. Your job's not to get yourself to heaven. Your job's not to do good things. Your job's not to go out of here and even be nice to anybody. Isn't that a wonderful thought? But your job is to live in the Holy Spirit. Let me give you the last one. So you're supposed to be filled, you're supposed to live, and you're supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit. And I wonder, I don't know that this is true, but I just wonder, not in a negative way, not in a horrible way, not like God's, you know, being mean to us, but I wonder if when we get to heaven, all the times we've said, I just don't hear from God. God doesn't talk to me. I wish God would talk to me. I wonder if God will show us all the opportunities every day where the Holy Spirit was trying to nudge us. Yeah, I just, I wonder. I wonder in our marriages when he nudges us to say something to our spouse, to be merciful, to forgive, to buy flowers, <laughs> to get jewelry. Some woman should have said, it. never mind. <laughs> it's, too, it's too late. I just... <laughs> it's, it's... just to be led by the Holy Spirit. So many people want, I want the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Man, we've, we've talked about love. Marcus did a remarkable job. <laughs> we talk about joy. God, Dan May, like, uh, if there was ever a guy that could do better illustrated messages, I've never met him. Beautiful cake. And he does it the week I'm not here, so I can't have any <laughs> of it. And we talk about peace. Joy and patience, and we're in the middle of this. And 
Man, we all, if you're here and you love God, you want those things in your life and you want more of them every day. And we work so hard. And God's just like, it's just not that hard. We reproduce after our kind and here's how you do it. Let me fill you. <laughs> Let me live in you. Let me lead you. Um, here's where I'll end this message. I'm going to go out of Galatians to 2 Timothy real quick. If you listen to this message tonight and you feel guilty, you feel bad, you missed the point entirely. If you're battling with your flesh right now, if I stumbled into something like anger or something that's going on at your household or you're having problems with lust, what, I, I never do those things. Here, here's how I'll end this message. The fruit that we're talking about this week is faithfulness. And here's a promise from God to us about faithfulness that'll make sense in light of this message. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. If we are, what's the word? So let me try it over here. If we are, how many people in here have ever been unfaithful? Unfaithful to listen to God and unfaithful to get filled up that morning and unfaithful to just be obedient, whatever. Let's just be honest. If we are unfaithful, Jesus always remains faithful because he'll never deny who he is. So if you are born again and the Holy Spirit is in you, look at me, even if it takes your whole life, God will not give up on you. And if you've given your life to Christ, you're not going to hell. And he is not disappointed in you. And he is not ashamed of you. And you don't embarrass him. And yes... He knows what it's like to live in hell on earth, and that's why Jesus came to die for us. Jesus took our hell so that we don't have to live in it anymore. So even if you're unfaithful right now and you're really struggling and it's really difficult, here's God's promise. He will remain faithful to keep working with you. He will keep nudging you, and he will keep calling you, and he will keep drawing you. And I promise you, no matter how far away you think you are, God is bigger than your problem. He's bigger. And he will not let you go. Because even if we're unfaithful, he always remains faithful. Because the fruit of the Spirit, you want to know what it really is? It's the character of Jesus. And he's trying to reproduce himself in you. So even if you're unfaithful, he will stay faithful. And he will get you where you need to be. But man, the easiest thing you could do <laughs> is listen. It's listen. It's just listen. Can I pray for you? If you struggle with this issue of flesh and spirit, if it feels like your flesh is winning right now, if the devil has convinced you that you don't even know God, may this message bring a reality to you that God always remains faithful even when we struggle. You've been listening to these messages through the summer and maybe you're desperately desiring these things to happen. Maybe you've been praying for them. Maybe you're just trying so hard to be more patient, more faithful.
more loving, more kind, more joyful. And I think the Lord would just tell you tonight, I don't want you to do that. I want you to let me fill you every day. I want you to live your life in me. And I want you to let me lead you. It's a battle we have every day. You can't do this one time. So many believers think, okay, I gave my life to Christ 10 years ago, and I don't have that problem anymore. And the Bible just tells us we're going to fight this every day. And God doesn't want you to feel bad, and he doesn't want you to feel condemned. He wants you to stop right now and just say, Holy Spirit, fill me up. Father, forgive me. God, let me live my life through you and lead me so that the reproduction that's happening is of you and not me. I would pray for this church, every campus, every person who will listen to this message, that you would experience the great faithfulness of God, which is that God wants to work these things in your life more than you want them to work in your life. that you will find his faithfulness and you will find his joy. Holy Spirit, fill us up again. Holy Spirit, fill us up again. Say it with me. Holy Spirit, fill us up again. Fill me back up. Fill me back up again. Make me sensitive. Soften me. Let me hear easily and quickly and be able to say yes to you even faster. And I pray this in the only name under heaven by which it's possible. That name, if you know it, say it. Jesus. You bet. It's Jesus. Amen.